You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. So we're talking about real faith. You got any real faith? Remember how we started this as we talked about uh, Timothy and his mama and his grandmama, uh, Lois, Eunice, and Timothy. They got real faith. The Bible calls it, King James says it's unfeigned faith. So if there's unfeigned faith, then there's also feigned faith. So unfeigned faith is real faith, and unfeigned would be an imitation. And, you know, in the hour that we live in, um, imitation of some things is okay, like if you don't want to buy, I guess you ladies, you don't want to buy a Gucci bag, you can buy a knockoff and nobody will know except for you and some experts. Um, I could buy a, a, a fake Rolex in Thailand, but when it comes to faith, you don't want no fake nothing. Amen. You don't want almost, amen. And so we've been talking about real faith. And so we started with Romans 10, 17. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema Christos. And we talked about the difference between the logos, the written word of God, which will give you a rhema. But you need to have an inspiration. You need to, to, in order to grab a hold of some things, you need to have a rhema Christos, which is the anointing. And so we talked about that. We talked about um, how how you hear. Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Be careful how you hear it. Uh, Then we, we, you know, just so we don't get uh, stuck in reviewing, then we uh, moved on to the heart, your cardia, the center of you. Proverbs chapter four says, out of your heart flow the issues of your life. In other words, what's going on out here is a result of what's in your heart. I said, you got three gates to your heart. You got an eye gate, you got an ear gate, and you got a mouth gate. And then Jesus talked to us about the parable, the parable of the sower. And he said, the word is the seed and that there are four kinds of soils. So we looked at the wayside soil, the stony soil, or we could call it the concrete soil today. The word of God is sown on it and and nothing really happens. And we looked at um, the stony ground where, you know, there's not a lot of soil in there and they hear the word, they're glad about it and it just shoots up for a little bit and then it's gone away because of, you know, many different things like offenses and stuff like that, tribulation. When it comes, they just immediately get offended. The key is they get offended. So we're not going to be offended. Amen. That's why we go to Bible Institute and hear 14 weeks of love walk. Amen. And then we talk about the weedy ground, the, the not weedies, the weed, the weed infested ground where the, the, the world gets in and the Bible says, says uh, uh, the cares of this life, uh, the deceitfulness of riches. It didn't say being blessed. It said the love of money, the deceitfulness of riches come in and what does it do? It chokes out the word of God. I believe the third kind of soil is the most frustrating soil anybody can have. Why? Because there's no stones in it. It's all soil. In other words, you did the hard work and you got all the stones out. You're hearing the word because it's springing up. And if it's corn that like Jesus is talking about, coming from Illinois, I know me some corn. It'll, it grows up. The ears come out. The kernels begin to develop. But what happens is the Bible says no fruit comes to fruition. In other words, you can, you can almost see it, but you never get it. That's a, frustrating, that's a frustrating place to live. It's almost like the scripture, Proverbs 10, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Because that's the most frustrating place to live. And I would say, um, especially in our circles, that if someone's not uh, reaping rewards of the word of God, that's where they live. So what do you got to do? You got to be careful. I mean, deceitfulness of riches. You got to be careful of it. Worry. Oh, worry is a, it, worry is a weed. 
Come on, I'm gonna get you. Uh, we'll play you uh, Veggie Tales, the old school. I mean, I've never learned more than, I mean, you know, um, besides Queen Esther, you know, you got, yeah, and the knocking down the walls of little peas, and I still remember, I love Veggie Tales. But those weeds, when they get in, they can come big and they'll choke out the Word of God. It's a frustrating place to live. But I'm looking at good soil. I'm looking at good soil. You took care of the stones, you're not letting any weeds in. You need to be careful what goes in your eyes, your ear, and your mouth. Amen. And in this hour we live in, don't let anyone throw their weeds into your field. And then we talked about, remember, we talked about the root of bitterness in some people, right? What, so really, uh, we didn't get into it too much, but roots, what is that? That has to do with soil. So someone's gotten offended, but not only do they get offended, it, their, their root of bitterness springs up and the Bible says it defiles. That word defile is the same word as rape. And so what happens is when you hang out with people who are bitter, when you listen to radio people who are bitter, when you read posts of people who are bitter, don't think, don't think it's just information. That is a weed in the form of a seed. And it will get in your heart and it will choke out the stuff that you need to come out. Be, Jesus said, be careful what you hear. And he's not just talking about the word. Be careful everything you hear. Be careful how you hear it, Right? And understand that this is serious business. Just like the word of God is a seed, a weed is also a seed. And it comes from hearing. And the too much hearing. And, and so what do we know? Well, this is where we left off. We left off by can we know what kind of soil we have? We can absolutely. You don't have to ask me. We don't have to have a soil testing party. Aren't you glad? I think I'm surprised some charismatic people haven't come up with a, uh, a weed test, uh, a soil testing party. But, um, but can you tell? Well, if you produce fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100, then what do you got? You got a good soil. In other words, the word of God's working in your life, then you know you got a, a good soil. And then um, this is where we left off. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. So let's start there. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Everybody good? It's good to see you all tonight. I'm glad you came. And if you notice, we have some new lights going up, and they are bright. But we're working on it. Hallelujah. They're, they got some more work to do. Uh, Luke 6, 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth does what? So this is the deal. I know, and we're going to begin to look at some things about words. We're going to be looking at some things about confession. And I believe the Lord gave it to me in a way that I've never taught it this way before. Uh, not that it's new. It's just a different way of grouping things together so that you and I can get it. Um, but out of the abundance of your heart, I like to say it this way, your mouth leaks. Now, you can control your mouth for an hour and a half in church on Wednesday night. And at, from 10, 30, no, what time do we meet? Yeah, what time do we eat? Nine, from 9 to 10.30 and 11 to 12.30, it's easy to control your mouth. I tell you to repeat after me. Uh, you sing after, you know, the worship team. Uh, you know, you're talking amongst believers, so we can all keep our words straight. But that's about three hours out of how many? So it's really not so much what you say in church. That's important. I mean, we don't want to hear you talking doubt and unbelief. And nobody does. But you can control your mouth for three hours. But that three hours is just minuscule compared to your whole week and your whole life. 
And so we're going to see about words being important. Now, when you teach on this, a lot of people say, I don't like it when you teach on confession. It makes me all bound up. Well, if you're bound up, it's because you're not hearing the truth. Or you just refuse to do it. Because you got a whole lot of words you need to change. So the truth is, the word, the word of God taught with the anointing from the word will not produce bondage in your life. And now I've heard a lot of people say, well, that just puts me in bondage. Well, then you're not hearing it right. Either that or you're not doing it right. Because the word of God will never put you in bondage. Religion will put you in bondage. Now, I will say this. I hear, I hear somebody talking. Religious people who take a truth and take it to the religious, religious extreme, religion will put you in bondage. Um, works will put you in bondage. So, this, so that, let me clear that up. Works, and this area can get worksy. Is that a word, worksy? I don't think it is. I just made it up. This, this area can get worksy, um, meaning you can try to make God do something. So that's religion and that's works, and we're not going to have any of that. That will put people in bondage. Okay. See, the Holy Ghost is already helping me. Hallelujah. All right. And so out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth leaks. Your mouth speaks. So you can tell what's in your heart by what you're saying as you go through your day. You can tell what you believe when the pressure comes. Come on. Don't anybody raise your hand. Have you ever been squeezed and now something will come out? And you'll be very pleased with yourself or you'll be squeezed, you'll be squozing and you didn't like what come out. Well, if you didn't like what come out, you know, it's like, oh, all is lost. I'll never get this thing. No, that's not true. What do you got to do? If something ever comes out of my mouth and it has before in my own mouth, <laughs> I'll just say, well, that's, I don't know where that came from, but that's not what I believe. And then what I do, I'll go back into the word, reaffirm my belief, Right. Get full. Because listen, um, this is all going to work together. I'm going to show you how this works together. So um, how the Holy Ghost gave it to me this time, and I've never taught it this way before. He gave me five different reasons for confession. And so he broke them down into categories for me. Because I'm trying to really get a hold of this, not just for you, but for me. And I believe um, there, you know, when faith, and let me say this in case you're new in the church. Faith is not a movement. I know they try to make it one. They tried to make it one. Just because God emphasized something for a little bit doesn't make it a movement. Faith is actually a foundational doctrine. And so faith, and faith is not something I use to make God do something. Because you can't make God do nothing. You know, I tell my story all the time, you know, when we're building this building, how the Lord said to me, does your faith move me? And I was like, as a good faith boy, I said, yes, Lord, my faith moves me. And he corrected me. He said, I don't need your faith to move me. I've already been moved. I need your faith to receive from me. Well, it just jerked the slack out of me. Because, see, the pressure is trying to make God move. How big of us to think we can make God move? How big of us to think that our words can make God move? How big of us to think that we, who we are, are so, I don't know, magnanimous and so huge in our own thinking that we can do something. But really, God's the one that set this system up. And the reason he set it up is because he wants to bless you. He wants to help me. He wants to give us the promises of God that are yes and amen. I'm not trying to, I say this all the time, God's hand is not held behind his back and you got to pry it open. The Bible says his hand is open. To freely give. All you got to do is receive out of it. Come on. Are, are you, did, what did you do with your salvation? Did you pry it out of God's hand? 
What'd you do with it? We say it this way in the industry. We received our salvation. You receive healing. And so everything works in that way. So understanding that will understand that I'm not trying to say words to make God do something. God has already done something. And so if I understand this, it helps me. So number one, uh, he, gave me, he gave me five categories. So number one, confession unto faith. Confession unto faith. And we've already touched on a little bit, but we're going to dig deep. Confession, number two, confession of faith. So there's a confession unto faith. There's number two, a confession of faith. Number three, using your words to express uh, your authority or to use your authority or to speak to something. Number four is to steer your life. Using words to steer your life. Number five is to, um, how do I write it down? Number five is to get angels to hearken or worship to bring results. So I said it this way. Number five is it, it, the, how results, uh, some results are produced. Number one, confession unto faith. Number two, confession of faith. Number three, to exercise your authority or to speak to something. Number four, to steer or guide your life. And number five is to see results. So let's, we're going to take time. And so I don't know that this is going to take five weeks, um, but I'm prepared to, if it does, that's what we're going to do. Because I have promised the Lord I'm going to slow down. So I'm going to get out of speed up gear. And I'm going to get into my southern gear. And let's talk. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1. Some of this at the beginning. So confession unto faith. And so here in Joshua, we're going to remind ourselves again of what we already saw. But Joshua 1, 8 uh, says this, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So you're supposed to keep the word of God where? In your mouth. And you're going to do what? You're going to meditate therein day and night. So part of meditation, and we looked at meditating when we looked at um, uh, uh Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we've already looked at meditating, so I'm not going to go back and look at it real strong again. If you weren't here, go online, listen to those things. If you're just starting, go back to faith, you know, real faith number one. I started to say class number one. That's really kind of what it's been like on a Wednesday night. It's been like a class, but that's good. And so, so meditating, what is meditating? Meditating means to mutter. Meditating means to speak to oneself. It's not the, um, you know, Pastor Rhonda, when we hear the word meditating because she ministered in India, you know, she wants to make sure all of us know that it's not the, um, that's not, the, that, not that kind of meditating. And so, um, you know, not that at all. It is speaking over and over. It's like, you know, um, where I grew up on a farm, it's where a cow chews its cud and all that goes along with that. All right. And so we don't want to go into that again. But Let's just say they bring it up and think about it again. And so that's the deal. That's what, you, that's what meditating is. And when you meditate, where is that word going? How do you meditate? Well, you meditate with your eyes. You meditate with your ears. But the biggest gate you have is your mouth. And so it says meditate day and night. And the word of God and connected to it is in your mouth. So when I speak the word of God. So this is when you hear a truth. I don't know what truth you may have had a hard time with. Um, I'll tell you one that I had a hard time with uh, at the very beginning was getting filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. Because I grew up in a church that mostly thought it was of the devil. 
um, and it was wrong. Um, and so I came up from that and um, really in my area, my little town, I mean, you know, all the Pentecostals we thought were really strange. And so we really didn't have anything to do with them. And so, you know, of the devil kind of thing or just that it was wrong. So even after I got delivered and my life got changed, I had a hard time speaking in other tongues. And so what I had to do is I had to get what the scripture said and I had to have an understanding or another one that was hard for me. I had some, you know, when you get born again and even filled with the Holy Ghost, everything doesn't automatically just click to you because depending on what you were taught, how many of you had to unlearn some stuff? A lot of, a lot of unlearning. And so what will unlearn you is getting the right word of God, getting the good word of God, getting the pure word of God, getting doctrine good doctrine that comes from the Bible, especially from Romans to Revelation, because that's where you and I live. We live in the epistles, Amen. right? Thank God even for the gospel. And we get stuff out of that, but that's what Jesus, you got to discern even that. I don't know why I'm taking this side journey, but you know, you got to understand it. Was he talking to the Jews? Was he talking to the church? Who's he, who's he talking to? You got, you got to know that. And, and even the old covenant, it's for our example, but you don't get your doctrine from Job. Right? You don't get your doctrine from Job or Isaiah. Right? It's for our example. You can't do away with it. The New Testament, the Holy Ghost wants you to understand the old because he quotes the old. So you don't throw it away. I've heard people say that. Well, we don't even need it. That's not true. If it's in the word of God, you know, you need it. Amen. All right? And, and so, so what, what do we do? So for me, uh, you know what I had trouble with? The tithy. The tithe. This former accountant. How can you give God 10% and you have more? That did not meet up with my pie graphs and my charts and my balance sheets. Sound a little schemy to me, actually. You know what I'm saying? But finally, I just had to get to a place after I studied it and heard it. And heard it, taught correctly, that it became a revelation. And I tell this story all the time. But um, when, I, when I was an accountant in Indianapolis and, you know, um, they didn't, even though I was an accountant, I should have known better. When they gave you the, you get out of college, they give you all kinds of credit cards. I think I got two or three because they were free. And, um, you know, on to victory, on to victory, on to victory, charge. And I lived in a, I had a brand new car, brand new clothes, lived in a great apartment. And I tell the story, my mom made about a third or a fourth of what I made. And she had to send me $30 a week so I could eat. I had to go to Kroger and I figured out what $30 every week would buy. And I bought the same thing every week. But I looked good. <laughs> anyway, um, so, but I, when I, so then I had that and then I got, came back to the Lord. And then suddenly now somebody wants 10%. So what I had to do? I really had to meditate. I didn't do it until I had faith to do it. I didn't make it. I didn't, nobody made me do it. I had to have faith to do it. But the moment I did it, I didn't need her $30 anymore, and I still had the same amount of money. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't care. I just tell you it did. And then, of course, I started getting raises, and good things started happening. But I had to meditate. I had to do what? I had to do what Jesus said. Remember what the parable? The word of God is seed. We're talking about faith unto 
We're talking about the word confession unto faith. So what I had to do, I had to meditate on it. I had to speak it. So someone you know who is having trouble in an area, what should you do as a friend? Get them some scriptures. Let's confess this together. I'm not confessing to, because I don't believe yet, but I am confessing unto salvation. I'm meditating. I'm sowing seed through my big gate. And I'm getting out of my gate what's weeds. That don't work. Oh, that tithing stuff don't work. That sounds like a bunch of scheming to me. Churches want them preachers, all they ever want is money. Well, no, it's from the word. Jesus is the high priest over the tithe. And so I've got to get my, so how do I I combat that? I have to meditate the word of God. So whatever subject that is, get the word of God. And even if you're not sure yet, it's the word of God you're meditating, the word of God you're speaking, you've got to know what it's doing. It's seed. And what is the parable of the sower? Jesus said that the sower sows the seed. What is the seed? So this word is seed. Now, one of the things about seed is it doesn't grow up overnight. Yes, I like instant miracles. Do you? I like instant deliverance. Do you? We love instant stuff, right? But everything with God is not instant. It's just not. I can look back over 30 some odd years and say, man, have I changed? But I'm not done changing yet. And since I'm not done changing, I still need to meditate the word of God. I still, need to, I still need to keep sowing seed. How do I sow seed? I speak the word. So if you do this kind of more on purpose, now I don't want you to divide all this stuff up and get all rigid robot. Right now I'm confessing unto faith. Now I'm confessing uh, uh, of faith. Now I'm, uh, you know, I don't, <laughs> don't do that necessarily. It'll all flow together. I'm just separating it for teaching purposes so you can see. Because for me, I've never taught it this way and I haven't heard too many people teach this way. I've never heard anyone teach it the way I'm about to teach it to you. So if you divide it off, you kind of know what the purpose is of what you're doing. And a lot of times when people hear confession, the first thing and only thing they hear is the confession of faith. And so they step out, they take a scripture that they don't yet believe, they make a bold proclamation and it does not happen. Why? Because their heart is not ready. It's not really faith yet. Do you know you're saved? Y'all know you're saved? Where do you know you're saved? In your heart. Does someone have to force you to say you're saved? No, you believe it. Therefore, it just comes out. Right? If someone said to me, well, that's my personal business. You don't need to know about it. How many know? We probably all know they ain't saved. Right? Because it's not a secret. Because it's something I have in my heart. Right? I know so. So faith is no so. So until you know so, you're not trying to get someone to make a declaration of faith. But where we all start is, is confession unto faith. And so if we'll understand, what am I doing? I am sowing seed into my heart. And when I sow that seed, the word of God will never return void. But it'll accomplish that which I'm sending to do. In other words, I'm sowing seed into my, because we all got rid of all the stones and all the weeds, right? And so we're sowing that seed into good ground. What's going to happen? Well, first a blade. I'm starting to feel it. What happens? Then it shoots up. Some ears pop out. What happens? The kernels start coming on the corn. And then you, you, you know, then we'll learn it later. Then you, you, you put your tongue into the sickle. You, it's a, it becomes a sickle and you reach a harvest of a what you believe. 
But the first thing you got to do is sow seed. Now, if you have a yard around here, and maybe you don't understand this, but I use this all the time. Um, you know, there used to be two kinds of grasses. Everybody's trying to get away from the one. But there used to be Bermuda and fescue. The fescue is the green stuff all year round. Well, every fall, you have to reseed. You have to, they call it overseeding. Uh, so my wife wanted the green stuff all year round, but we have since transitioned because it, it's too hard to grow. And I don't like it no more. And so zoysia all the way. Hallelujah. And so, um, but, and, and I don't mind that it goes brown. But the truth of the matter is you got to keep sowing it. The fescue, you got to sow it every year. And with the word of God, you cannot just sow this one time. You don't just meditate one time. And don't just meditate when you're in trouble. And as you hear the word of God, as I preach to you, as I minister to you, what am I throwing? I'm, I'm, I'm not just, I'm not aimlessly doing something. Seeds coming out of my mouth Amen. under the anointing. What are you doing? You're hearing it in your ear. And, and why do I have you repeat sometimes? Just because I like to hear your voice, although I do. No, I'm trying to get you to say something because your mouth gate is the biggest gate and you know you're not a habitual liar and therefore you believe what you say. So what are we doing? We're putting seed in. Can you see that? Um, let's look at this. Um, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at the uh, faith, uh, confession unto faith. Hebrews 11.3. Now uh, stick with me as I give you this one. Hebrews 11.3. We know by faith, now faith is a substance, but verse 3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So I want to talk to you a minute about confession unto faith, speaking the word of God and its creative ability. Well, if it's got creative ability and if it creates faith, does it create faith? Does it create faith? Yeah, faith, that's not a trick question. Faith, it's Romans 10, 7, faith comes by? Spirit. So do you believe you? Is the word always true? Yeah. Do, do I got any habitual liars in the room? Do we need to have a casting out ceremony or anything? No? I mean, so you believe you. What's the, be, what's the best person that can sow into your soil? You. And so... Remember, the word of God has creative ability, and it has creative ability to, to produce faith. And so when you speak it, um, so if you're just learning about healing, I believe that by the stripes, of, you say, well, I don't know that I believe yet. Well, then just take that part off and say, by the stripes, Jesus took stripes on his back so that I can be healed. Matthew 8, 8 17 says that um, it talks about, you know, it, it, uh, talk, it kind of reaffirms what happened in Isaiah. Um, he became uh, sickness so that I could be healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says, Jesus became a curse that the blessings of Abraham will come on me. If the blessings of Abraham come on me, that means health and wholeness comes on me. So you speak the word of God. Just take it. You don't have to do it by memory if you don't remember it. There's nothing. You've got a phone. It's got a Bible app on it, doesn't it? Don't you have a Bible app? Pull it up. Find it. Look at it. You look at that phone for so many things. What's a better thing to do with it? Look at it and see what the word of God says. Amen. And just repeat it. Well, that, will that do any good? It will do a lot of good. Yes. 
It will do a lot of good. You're going to hear yourself say the word of God. It's going into your soil. It's a seed. I mean, how did God get things done? Let there be light. God's word has creative ability. And it can surely, if it does, create faith in you. Come on. If God's word has creative ability, it can create faith in you. But you got to get it in you. How do you get it in you? you? Yes, hear it. Yes, hear, you know, listen to Creflo, listen to TD. I don't know whoever you listen to. Listen to Bill, listen to Kenneth, listen to Mark, listen to Mark, listen to Mark, whoever you listen to. But listen so that faith can come. And, and then, though, that's fine. But the, I'm telling you, the best person to put faith in your heart is you. Come on, if, if you're not afraid of your own voice, record yourself. Your little iPhone has a recorder on it. Record yourself saying scripture and, and, and hear your own voice. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, um, I heard Brother Copeland say how he got so strong in the word was to listen to himself preach. It's like, oh, I, I can't, I, I'm not there yet. I, I've been doing this 30 years. And I still, like if I were ever on TV, we, I, I run out of the room uh, because I can't, you know. But I did hear Andrew Womack say one time, one time he was watching a TV program and he had a sickness in his body and he heard himself give a word of knowledge and so he needed it. So he reached out by faith and received the word of knowledge from himself speaking and he was healed or something like that. How cool is that? He thought it was cool. I think that's cool too. It's all gone. It's just all gone. Amen. Isaiah 55. Talking about confession unto faith. Confession unto faith. I can see we're not going to get to all five. Confession unto faith. Verse 11. So my word shall be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing I sent it. So if that works for God, and it's God's word, and you put God's word in your mouth, even though it's not yet a confession of faith, it will do what you send it to do. It will be seed, it will get in your heart, and it will begin to produce. But you've got to get the seed into your heart, and the greatest way to do that is through your mouth, through your words. The Word of God has creative ability. And then this will help you. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12, familiar scripture, but let's, I want to apply it to this. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So this will help you, so what does it say? Piercing even to the dividing asunder of what? Remember what your soul is. It's your mind, your will, and your emotion. Now, when you started out, did your mind ever fight you with the word of God? Like mine, tithing, how have I given God 10%? Am I going to be doing any better? That just sounds squirrely. How is it going to do you any good to put your hands on my head and me be healed? Now, you all may not say that out loud, but thinking people wonder sometimes. So what do you got to do to combat that? That's in your soul. That's in your mind trying to aggress or come against what the word of God says. So you're due twofold here. So the word of God coming out of your mouth is the sword of the spirit. That word sword of the spirit is distamos. 
die, meaning to, stamos, meaning mouthed. Remember in Revelation where it said the sword of the spirit was coming out of Jesus' mouth? It's again the same thing, distamos, die, to, stamos, mouthed. It's a two-mouthed sword. One part of the mouth is he said. I remember getting revelation on this and I was praying in other tongues and I kept praying out, he say, we say, he say, we say, he say, we say. So he's already said it and he wrote it down by the Holy Ghost. Now you got to pick it up and you got to be the we say. You got to say. And what you do when you say is it, it's a two-edged sword coming out of your mouth and it'll divide. And so it'll, it'll, it'll help you peel off the soul and let the word go down into your heart. Because sometimes your soul is so loud, you've been taught wrong. Or you've got so many, uh, maybe you're, you're believing for healing or you need healing and your body hurts and it's very loud. I don't know if you've been really sick before, but your body can get loud. Your body can want to give up. So when you're, when you're distamos, when you get that two-edged sword, it'll peel off your soul. It'll cause your soul, okay, that's soul. That's the soul side of me. And then it'll, it'll send the word of God into, it divides, put that back up. It divides between what? Soul and spirit. And watch this. Joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts. Where do thoughts come from? Your soul. Thoughts come from your soul. That's what it's talking about because it's dividing and intents of the heart. So the word of God get in your heart. So when I, when, I, when I let the sword of the spirit come out of my mouth, it's doing two things. It's cutting away the soul and it's opening up so I can get the word into my spirit. So the word of God can produce in my life. And so this is meditating. This is speaking the word. This is a confession unto faith. And it all works. And you can use some of these in different areas. But, but this, is how, uh, this is how I want to look at it. And so let's look at um, 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Thank you. 1 Peter chapter number 1. Y'all doing all right? 1 Peter number 1, verse number 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And um, then I want to tie that to Galatians 6, which we use mostly when we take up Scripture. But I, I want you to see this. Galatians, so, so, so what is the word of God? What is the word of God? It's incorruptible what? Seed, right? So it's seed. Galatians, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man, a man does what? That shall he also, right? So if I sow the word of God into my heart, what am I going to reap? Because let's go on. Um, for Verse 8, for he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. So out of your mouth, you can either sow to your flesh. And if you sow to your flesh, what are you going to reap? Corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, Jesus said, my words are spirit and their life. So if I sow into the spirit, shall the spirit reap what? Life everlasting. That's not just talking about when you get to heaven. Like, like uh, Travis was saying, um, we're, we, you're living eternal life right now. Eternal life begins the moment you get born again. And so, and then it ties in verse six and 10 to financial giving. But I will tell you this, and, and I've heard them all when we have great people taking up and receiving the tithes and offering. I love each and every one of them. There's, we, we are blessed. You are blessed, blessed, blessed. And, and so, but 
the, I get it some way, your dollar bills, your text to give is not really the seed. We call it seed and I don't have anything wrong with that. But if you don't tie any word to it, because say some people today, they're just tired of give, giving, you know, I've heard some people who I love and respect say, ah, I don't want, I don't want, we're not going to do any mini, you know, sermonettes before the offering anymore. Y'all know what to do, just give. Well, I just don't agree with that. I just don't agree because the seed is the word of God. And if you have no seed, then you have no harvest. The harvest comes from what you believe that the word of God says. So you just plunking money in a bucket is not going to be enough. You texting to give is not enough. If you want to receive, it's got to be spiritual. And so there I want you to see that the word of God, First Peter says what? The, the seed of the word of God is incorruptible. And how do you sow the seed? Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So how do you sow it? You sow it with your words. How do you, so there's a, there is a confession unto faith. It's a meditation. It's speaking the word of God. It's something you would do when you've just heard a truth. You haven't really grasped it. Don't, you know what? Don't let anybody push you. Don't let anybody try to force you into something. But when you, just like when you're born again, you received your salvation when you knew that Jesus was Lord, that he had been raised from the dead. You, you literally believe something so that you were able to say something and act on something. Well, in the same way, when it comes to faith, you speak the word. How long will this take? Well, in different areas of your life, it's going to take maybe different places. Like for me, uh, when I first came into the body of Christ, healing was so much easier for me than finances. Um, you know, um, I'll tell you some other stuff I had to work on. Um, not worrying. I still work on that one. Still work on it. Get mad at people who try to make me worry. If I don't cry with them, they get mad. Too bad, so sad. Because I have had to work hard at this, not to take the care of everything on. You, proving you care for something doesn't mean, mean that you get depressed when they're depressed. If you really care about somebody, you kick their behind in a sweet, loving, kind way. With great encouragement and a hug. Did I, did I clean that up good enough? I, I tried. Oh, well, praise the Lord. I'm not sorry. Anyway, so um, you, you understand? So what I got to do, I got to, I, I, I cast all my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. I refuse to worry. It's a sin. I trust the Lord with all of my heart. You are my pavilion, my strong tower. I'm safe when I run into you. I, I cast the weight of this on you. How often do you have to do that? Well, if you're going through something, you might have to do it all the time. When does it become a confession of faith? You'll know it. You know it. Just like you know you're saved. So let's talk about it. So there's a confession unto faith, but then there has to be a confession of faith. See, salvation, we know, we know because we know this, and that's where everybody starts. They automatically just start with a confession of faith. And you've eventually got to get there or it's not real faith. But there's nothing wrong and important to meditate the word of God and speak the word of God and sow into your soil. So I hope that helps some of you realize if, if I'm doing, that's what I'm doing. I'm meditating. I'm speaking the word. I'm, um, I'm building myself up. I'm sowing, the best one, I'm sowing seed into my heart. I'm sowing seed in my heart. Now there comes a confession of faith. Well, let's look at this one, Romans 10, 9 and 10. 
Everybody good? Listen to me, if you've ever been depressed, and even it's, I, I get it, sometimes it's hard and it's not, it's not snap your finger and get out of it. But even that, you can get out. Even if you're on medicine, you can get out. You don't have to stay there. So I didn't mean to be flippant to somebody. Sorry, somebody out there. I didn't mean to be flippant. I understand it's a real deal. Okay, um, Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart, because we already talked about the believe in the heart. We're just looking at the word part, the words out of your mouth. You shall believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead. You will be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, we talk about confession, we always think outwardly, but I'm going to throw this in here. Um, uh, we'll just skip there because uh, we're not going to have time to get into everything. So let's look at um, Mark chapter 5. Because um, I said this the other day to someone who was in the hospital, and they couldn't talk. And, um, you know, people are like, well, you have to say out of your mouth. Well, let's look at the one with the issue of blood. You remember her? Mark 5, 25, a certain woman had an issue of blood 12 years, suffered many things, many physicians, spent all she had, nothing better, but rather grew worse when she'd heard of Jesus. So she had a moment where she heard what he was doing. She believed it because uh, faith came to her and she came and pressed and touched his garment for she said, everybody say she said. What'd she say? If I'm a touch his clothes, I'll be whole. And then I want you to see this, though. Let's look at, um, let's look at uh, um, um, verse, so I want you to look at Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Let's see how it brings out here. Matthew 9, 21. Matthew 9, 20. For she said, Matthew 9, 21. For she said within herself. Yeah. So Matthew brings out, she said where? Is that just as good? Obviously it is. So, you know, while you're at work, you know, somebody messes with you and you're mad or, and trying not to you know you, but I don't be, and you're sitting at your computer. I'm strong. You don't have to, if no, somebody's around you right next to you and they won't understand, you can say on the inside, I'm strong in the Lord and the power is mine. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not going to slap him in the face. I'm not, I'm not going to get him in a chokehold. I'm strong in the Lord and the power is mine. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is, in, I mean, you can just, you can just talk yourself right out of it. Amen. Amen. But so Matthew brings out that she said within herself. So that would answer the problem with some people, you know, wondering if how can somebody be, I've had people ask me before, how can someone who's mute be born again? Well, they can say within themselves. Same, same. Is it better to talk out loud? Yes, because it does more. Meaning that it'll help you more. But God can hear you. Well, that should scare you the other way. Just a thought. Let's move on. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four. You know this scripture. Verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have a thought about it. No, a true spirit of faith and the way to, to release your faith 
It has to be with spoken word. Now listen, I want to make some clarity here. What are you supposed to speak? You're supposed to speak what God said, what the word said. I, I appreciate you say I'm healed in Jesus' name. And that's better than I'm sick in the devil's name. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but um, I'm healed in Jesus' name is not really true Bible confession. What do you got to have? The Bible. So you got to add scripture. Add scripture. Right? Add scripture that you believe. And then it becomes a confession. We having the same spirit of faith. Remember, it's back to evidence. Everybody say evidence. evidence. What's your evidence? Well, the word of God is your evidence. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. I don't have to look at my body for evidence. I don't have to look at symptoms for evidence. I don't have to look at my checkbook for evidence. Well, I know you don't have one. I, I, um, I, we don't have to look in your bank account for evidence. We don't have to look um, how your marriage is going for evidence. You look in the word of God for evidence. Amen. That's my evidence. And, and what do I got to do about the evidence? I got to say it. This is my evidence. This is what holds up in the court of law, in the heavenly court. Where God the Father is the judge and Jesus is your attorney. Even though the devil's the accuser of the brethren, you win because it's fixed. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We having the same spirit of faith according as written, I believe, and therefore I have spoken. So what is this? This is a confession of faith. Therefore... I believe and therefore have spoken. Also, we believe and therefore do what? Speak. If we're not speaking, we're not declaring our faith. So it's not a confession of faith. Um, so uh, let's look at this one. Let's look at Luke. I got so many. Let's look at Luke 5. Peter on the boat. He let Jesus his ship. Not his bass boat, his ship, so Jesus could teach out of it. Remember that? In verse 4, now when he had left speaking, Jesus got done preaching. He said unto Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a drought. What is that? That is uh, a word from God. That is something that's instruction to follow. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. And remember, he's just starting out. Because we have toiled all night doesn't sound like we're going to do much. But... I believe Jesus must have said some stuff that caused faith to come because he said, nevertheless, at your word. Yeah. So what is that? That is part of a confession of faith. Nevertheless, at your word. What is your word? Your, your word was what? Let down your net. So that's what I'm going to do. Oh, I got so many of these. Y'all remember um, Jairus. Jairus' little girl was sick at home. Y'all remember that? Uh, she, right before the woman with the issue of blood. We're not going to have time to go look at it. But, but remember that. Remember, uh, he came to Jesus. Faith comes by hearing. He must have heard. If Jesus, the woman with the issue of blood heard, if you touch him, virtue is going to come out. So that's what she believed and that's what she said. The Lord's going to meet you at so many different places. So you don't have to come the same way. You're just, where is your faith? Where can you find the word to get you where you need? So the Jairus heard what? He heard that if he'll lay hands on, then, then they'll be healed. So his little girl's sick, and his little girl was sick near to death, and he came to Jesus, and he said, if you'll come to my house, lay your hands on her, she'll live. Remember that? Yeah. Right? What is that? That's his confession not unto faith because he's there. 
We're going to get later at corresponding actions. He went and got Jesus. And he said, if you come to my house, lay hands on my daughter, she's going to live. What is that? That's a confession of faith. Now, what happened is what happens to all of us. Sometimes you can make a confession of faith. And the circ- have you ever done this? And the circumstances get worser. What's the devil trying to get you to do? Let go of what you believed. Don't raise your hand. How many of us has? <laughs> what about Peter? He's walking on the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word of God he heard was come. He kicked his heels up over the boat and he got out on the water and he was walking good on the word come. Because he had, so he, if that's you, Lord, bid me come, come. All right, so he walked out. All right, so here we got Jairus. So remember somebody comes and says, don't bother the teacher anymore. I don't have time to go into it, but just the fact they called him a teacher didn't, it, anyway, there's things going on here. So he, they lowered him. And, and so he said, don't bother him anymore. And then Jesus ignored the dude and turned to Jairus and said, what? Be not afraid, only believe. Only believe what? Only believe what? Only believe what? What you already said. Because it was a confession of faith. But now she's dead. How many know that's worse? How many know as a parent, that's gut-wrenching? That's fall on your knees and grab yourself. But he believes Jesus, thank God for the Holy Ghost. So I wish Jesus was here. He is. The Holy Ghost lives in you, lives in me. Hallelujah. Better, Jesus said, it's expedient for you, I go away. Comforter lives in all of us. Jesus could only be at one place at one time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Believe what? Believe what you already said. Believe what you already said. Why? Because that was a confession of faith. Don't let circumstances move you from your confession of faith. It doesn't mean you're not in faith. It doesn't mean it won't come to pass. Just because the circumstances look worse. I know it's harder. Jesus right there. Don't be afraid. Only believe. See, if you believe something, you said something. Only believe what? What you said. He went to the house, kicked all the criers out, all the doubters out, and she was raised from the dead. Woo, glory to God. Peter said, nevertheless, that's your word. What is that? That's a confession of faith. Woo, glory to God. Let's let's look at it. We got time. You got time for one more. Let's go back and look at one of our heroes, Caleb. Numbers 13, Caleb, Joshua gets all the glory. Let's, let's look at what Caleb said. Caleb was in on this too. Joshua got a book named after him. Let's see what Caleb said. Actually, if you study it, Caleb really was the more vocal of the two. Numbers 13 and 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said... Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Where did he get that from? Because the other ten said, there's giants. There's walled cities. And that land, it'll eat you. That's what they said. I don't know if they saw something open up. I don't know know what they were seeing. (laughs) Where did he get that from? He got that from what Moses said, what God said. He believed it. 
He, he, listen to me. I know a lot. How many know we all believe in miracles around here? Amen. Are you grateful for miracles? I'm grateful for miracles. But miracles in themselves do not produce faith. We all want them. We, they're signs, but they don't produce faith. Why? Because these 10 others would have believed God because they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. They saw the first aquarium. Yeah. The first, first force field. Something. They saw all the, whether, whether you know, uh, whether some people, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, that, that river wasn't very deep. Whether you believe it was deep or not, the miracle is either the Egyptians drowned in a thimble full of water. <laughs> or whatever. A miracle happened. <laughs> Whichever way, I don't care. A miracle happened. They, they all came out with silver and gold, none sick or feeble among them. They all were, if somebody was, some, some of them were healed in their body. Because the Bible says they all came out with silver and gold, not one sick or feeble among them. So a miracle in itself, you have to believe, faith is produced by believing God's word. And then faith is released by saying what God said. Caleb made a confession of faith. What was his confession of faith? We are well able. What else did he say? Let's look at that. I'm glad you asked. Let's look at Numbers 14, 8 and 9. It says, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give us a land that flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for their bread for us. What is that? That's the spirit of faith. Their bread for us. Their defense is departed from them. He just saw a bunch of giants with probably giant swords and giant shields to match their giant bodies. So it wasn't in the natural. He had believed what God said. And therefore, he believed something and therefore he said something. He's not trying to make something happen. Listen, that's the thing that people get. They say with your words, well, I'm trying to make, I'm, I'm, you know, um, I'm trying. You have to be careful. We'll say it a thousand times and it'll come to pass. And that's not, you're not going to find that in the Bible. Right. Say it a thousand times. And, you know, it's, that's trying to force, oh, I'm just going to say it, say it until God gets tired of hearing me say it and he's just going to have to do it. That's not the way this works. It has to be believed in your heart and spoken with your mouth in order for it to be a confession of faith. Amen. You believe in your heart and you say in your mouth a confession of faith. Their defenses departed from them and the Lord's with them. The Lord's with us. Don't fear them. And so how do we know? Well, a confession of faith. Back to Luke 66, 45, where we started. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So when you get it, so, so if you're having trouble in an area, I would say, do, if you can't, if you're not ready yet to make a confession of faith, I would say, see number one and make a confession unto faith. And then as you're making confessions unto faith, then by inspiration almost, by a, a revelation in your heart almost, it becomes a confession of faith. But you see, in doing it this way, for me anyway, maybe not for you, but for me, dividing these five things off on what confession is helps me. Because I'm not always making a confession of faith. We're going to get into it later. Sometimes I'm just steering my life. 
Sometimes I'm just giving my high priest something to work with. Sometimes as I'm confessing, I, you know, um, um, I'm, um, as I'm speaking the word, I'm speaking to something. We'll get into when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. You know, we look at Mark 11, 23 and 24, but those are two different things. Verse 23 is different than verse 24. We lump them all together, but they're different, very different. One is commanding something, and one is a prayer thing. And doing what we're talking about now uh, as a confession, after you pray, believe that you receive, uh, then a, a confession of faith. So, they're, they're, so looking at it this way, I think will help. It helps me. I hope it helps you. And we're going to get into it. But, but listen, there's no way around it. Your words are very important. And we don't need our words stout against God. And yet the more you understand, the more freedom you should receive, get in this. And, and so understand that when you're ready to make a confession of faith, you'll know it. And until then, you make as many confessions unto faith as you need to, and you keep speaking the word of God. And you know what's happening. It's going into my heart. What's going into my heart? It's a seed. What happens with that seed? It begins to grow. What will happen when that seed grows? It'll produce. When it's ready to produce, what am I going to do? I want to put the sickle in. I should have got that one, that scripture out. Uh, but then, so that, that's the confession of faith. When, when the seed is ready, when it talks, I think it's in Mark's gospel, I think. But it talks about then when the harvest is ready, you put the sickle in. What is that? That's, again, your tongue because I'm, ready, I'm make, ready to make a confession of faith. But, again, we're separating it for teaching. But someday you might be going along just confessing unto faith. And then, come on, it's like, come on, as you read the word of God, sometimes you get something. Remember we talked about revelation. And revelation is hard to, to give somebody else. How do you know you got a revelation? When you're trying to tell somebody something and you're excited about it and they're like, yeah, I know that. Maybe they do, but they don't know it as well as you because you just got a revelation of it. And then they may already have a revelation of it. You understand? It's like exciting to you. What is that? It's been revealed. It's been brought alive. You can read something a hundred times and suddenly on a 101, you're like, is that what that means? You get it. Why? The Holy Ghost is your teacher. But in the same way, you can be making confessions unto faith, and you're doing that and diligently studying, meditating the word of God, and then suddenly you, you sense it. Your faith is released. It's not, it's not worked up. It's not worked up. It's a confession of faith. And when you make a confession of faith, what? You're going to be healed. I'm going to tell you this story real quick. long time ago, we were at the storefront. This lady was new to the things of God, and uh, she had not been in a church where um, uh, people laid hands on people. And, um, you know, James talks about uh, the oil. And I, we don't, you know, we don't use oil very often. I come from a, a, a charismatic church where the pastor, um, you know, um, he, dude would soak you in oil, man. I mean, <laughs> if, a, if a dab will do you, a, a little bottle is better. And so you can come out the whole church smelling like olive oil. Anyway, so um, even make a good old cross and everything. Anyway, so, uh, but, so I didn't really, because of that, I really didn't use oil a lot. But I remember her, she came to Pastor Ron and I after a service, and she'd been meditating on, call for the elders of the church, they'll anoint you with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. 
Okay, so you know, I've had people come to me before, and we're just starting out, and I'm just a young pastor, you know, we're just, so I don't know where people, I can't really tell where people's faith level is. I, I don't perceive that she has faith. I just think we're about to go through what a lot of people go through, and that's the ritual, because uh, we had a bottle of oil, go, you know, and it was under the pulpit, so we had to go get it, and, and I didn't make a cross, but I just, but I remember I took the oil, put it on my finger, and I went to touch her without ushers, she fell out. She had so meditated and so believed when she told me, when you anoint me with oil, I'll be healed. And I barely touched the woman and she got up healed. Why? She made a confession of faith. I can guarantee you it wasn't any of mine. That's just being honest. She believes, she didn't even need me except to be the elder. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I remember, you know, ugh, believing in there. Rhonda may have been, I don't know. But I was, I tell you how I know I wasn't because I was shocked when she fell out. Because, <laughs> you know, back in that day, I was the pastor and the usher at the same time. I used to lay hands on people and lay them down behind me because I was an usher in Bible school. I knew how to do it. So I did both. What am I saying? You can meditate, make a confession unto faith, but then it becomes a confession of faith and nobody can stop it. Just like nobody can stop, nobody can stop you and your salvation. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know him so you too can make him known.